0: Hello everybody! Welcome to another episode of Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about football, as far as the transfer portal, a lot of things, a lot of scuttlebutt, a lot of a lot of things happening there, and 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 just crazy this time of year now with the transfer portal. I think in the past we wouldn't be talking a whole lot of football at this point, but there are things in the news, so I want to hit that a little bit, and then basketball. The Hawkeyes looked kind of dead in the water, 0 and 3 in the Big Ten, and also had that big lost to Eastern Illinois, but two wins in a row, including Sunday's victory on the road at Jersey Mike's Arena in New Jersey, beating Rutgers. So the Hawkeyes are now two and three in the conference, and, and, and things are looking up a little bit there. Well, let's cover football first. Kind of a flurry of activity recently, with the transfer portal. I'm getting more and more excited around this football team for next season. First, the Hawkeyes got Cade McNamara quarterback who led Michigan to a Big Ten title playoff appearance in 2021. He was injured early this year, missed most of this past season. And then Eric All, he's a tight end, who was a favorite target of McNamara at Michigan two seasons ago before also being injured and, and set out this past season. And, you know, he's a guy that can step in there and play at a high level right away. Uh, you know Sam Laporta leaving is, is a big departure. But, man, Eric All is an experienced guy. He could step right in there. And the Hawkeyes have two really good ones with him and Luke Lachey. And there's, there's a few other guys, you know, that, that could really step up next year uh, on, the, on the tight end room as well. And then the Hawkeyes just received a commitment from the transfer portal, a tight end from Dort College. I didn't really see that coming. But he's, he's a preferred walk-on. And kind of an intriguing prospect at 6'5", 240 pounds. He has caught a lot of balls in college. He was a stud football player in Detroit in high school before a bad injury his senior season. And he's really been dominating kind of at this lower level of college ball, but he looks the part. And with the name Hayden Large, sign him up, no questions asked. And another nice portal to get recently is Dejon Parker. Uh, he said his coaches in Michigan have a lot of connections with the Iowa line coach, Barnett. Uh, he's friends with. Kayvon Merriweather as well, and and Kayvon told him, go for it at Iowa. He had been committed to Virginia, and he's transferring from Saginaw Valley State. Uh, He claims that, you know, he says that he was a late bloomer. I think he was only 220 pounds coming out of high school. But his film looks really good. He is now 6'6", 300 pounds, offensive tackle. He'll be enrolling at the semester. I was still hoping to get a commitment from Walter Rouse. The Stanford offensive lineman, but the competition is really stiff. With him taking visits to several high-major programs, but the Hawkeyes should have a fairly decent chance. You know, with with the team that they're putting together, the track record of putting linemen in the NFL, an opportunity to come in and and play right away. You know, with the need that the Hawkeyes have to get some real maulers on that offensive line, and if they don't get don't get Rouse, I hope they they continue. Looking at, at other guys and 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 maybe get one more offensive lineman at least from the transfer portal. We'll also come to Iowa City wide receiver Seth Anderson. So he is a, he's the son of former NFL great wide receiver Flipper Anderson. He's coming from Charleston Southern at 6'180 pounds, not a real big guy, but very productive with 42 catches, 600 yards, seven touchdowns as a freshman this past season and three years of eligibility remaining. Defensively, Joe Evans and Noah Shannon announced they're coming back, and uh, they're going to be six-year guys. They've got that extra COVID year, so the Hawkeyes will just be stacked at defensive tackle and defensive end again next season. And also committing to Iowa as a preferred walk-on is defensive end Jackson Filer. He is the son of former Hawkeye uh, former Barnstormer, for some of you Des Moines folks that maybe used to go to Barnstormer games, Rodney Feiler. Uh, and uh, he's coming from West Iowa Western Community College. He was the defensive player of the year. He had 15 and a half sacks, 56 tackles last season. And he had some full ride opportunities at schools like Coastal Carolina. But he decided to take the Hawkeyes offer as a preferred walk-on at 6'3", 230 pounds. Probably needs to put on another 15. 20 pounds, get in that strength program, but he just sounds like a really quick, fast guy, and he's a welcome addition to the defense. So pieces are, are really falling into place. If you look at, at maybe some of the things that the guys still want to bolster, uh, I'll start with defense. You know, Not as much was needed defensively with all the guys they have coming back, but an experienced linebacker would be welcome, as well as a cornerback to help the depth on the on the back end of the defense. On offense, I'd like to see one more offensive tackle, and then there will be two guys hopefully can lock down those defensive tackle positions, really play at a high level, and then the Hawkeyes will have a lot of guys to compete for guard and center uh, next season. And one more wide receiver would be nice as well, maybe a 6'3", 6'4", guy that can go up and get the ball The top target, I believe, is Isaac. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Tesla is what it looks like. I'm not sure how he pronounces that, but he has a lot of options. Everyone wants this kid. His tape is so impressive, snagging one-handed catches. If you haven't seen that, uh, look it up. He, He looks like a good one. He's good friends with Hayden Large, the tight end transfer that the Hawkeyes got. So They were high school buddies, so maybe that helps the Hawkeyes, but if not, I would still like to get... One more guy with experience just to build some depth and avoid the situation that the Hawkeyes had this past season, where injuries, you know, really took a toll on that really thin wide receiver room. Well, that's really all I have for football today. I want to shift gears to basketball now. First off, congratulations to Lisa Bluter and the women's team. Big win, uh, beating number fourteen Michigan on the road, ninety four to eighty five, and the sixteenth ranked Hawkeyes. Got a huge win there on the road in conference play. And then the news about Patrick McCaffrey battling anxiety issues, taking a leave of absence. Really wish Patrick the best. Hope hope he can get that anxiety under control and get back to being that kind of the just happy, fun Patrick McCaffrey we've gotten to know through interviews and podcasts. So, you know, again, just just best wishes to Patrick. And and thinking of that whole McCaffrey family there. Great support system that he has with his teammates and, and his family, and and I'm sure he'll bounce back. But last time I talked basketball, Iowa had lost to Eastern Illinois, and then there was the loss to Nebraska. Just such a disappointing game. Iowa had good shots over and over again and could not make anything. There was a lid on the basket. We've heard that term. I mean, this really seemed like there was a lid on the basket. The ball would not go in the hoop. Chris Murray was back in the lineup. He did a nice job. 17 points, 8 rebounds. Philip rabracha 16 points, 13 boards. Those two guys have just been solid this year. Really impressed with what Rebracha has done this season and, and how much he has improved. But bottom line, Iowa shot 26% from the field, 25% from three-point range. Just horrendous shooting. And you aren't going to win any game. I don't, I don't know how you could win a game shooting like that. And Iowa really... Should have beaten the Huskers by 10 points based on the shots that they got in that game. Couldn't knock them down, and they end up losing by 16. And I'm I'm talking wide-open threes, layups, short jump shots. They could not make them. So that was disappointing. The Hawkeyes kind of needed to get one of these, these road games, and it seemed like more of the same against Penn State. Iowa down 44-26 to 26 at half. You're just wondering there's any life left in this team but there really was there's some fight left in them and the Hawkeyes outscored Penn State 53 to 39 in the second half got the game to within two points late but just couldn't convert ended up losing by four 83 to 79 Penn State shot 54 percent from the floor 47 percent from three so kind of remarkable that the Hawkeyes got back into this game but Chris Murray Led the Hawkeyes run, and and he ended with 32 points, nine rebounds. But, man, 0-3 in the conference, and and the rough loss to Eastern Illinois. Just things not looking great. And next up was a a home game versus number 15, Indiana. And this Iowa-Indiana game, I mean, again, just complete frustration. Shots aren't falling. The Hawks can't make anything. They're not playing any defense. Indiana's getting dunks. Indiana's getting layups. Iowa trailed twenty-three to four, and then twenty-eight to seven early in the game. They just seemed dead in the water. Another one of those games where where just they can't make baskets, no matter where they're shooting from. If it's a layup, a three, a wide open shot. But Iowa clawed back and got the game to within ten points at fifty to forty at halftime, and. And you know you were kind of hoping they could get it to eight or nine, that get over that mental hurdle of double digits, but but that that made the game a little bit more manageable. And but man, I mean, play some defense, guys! Don't give up fifty points and a half. The Hawkeyes just turned the tables and outscored Indiana in the second half, fifty-one to thirty-nine, to win ninety-one to eighty-nine. Just a, a huge relief, a huge win to hopefully start turning things around if the Hawkeyes want any chance to get an at-large NCAA bid this season. Chris Murray and Rab- Rabracha, both with double-doubles, can't say enough about those guys, how hard they work. Chris had 30-10, and 10. Phillip 19 points, 10 rebounds. Overall, the Hawkeyes had five guys in double figures, Connor McCaffrey, Tony Perkins, Peyton Sanford, all 10-plus points. And it was so good to see Sanford start making some buckets, get some big free throws late. You know, he he was kind of getting it going. He made his first basket, I believe, in Big Ten play. I think he started 0 of 19. He was 0 of 19 from the field in Big Ten play going into this game. I, I believe at least. And, you know, just a, a great job at the end of the game by the Hawkeyes to hang on under pressure and secure the win. And then on Sunday, it's an early. 11 a.m. Central game, game out east in New Jersey. The Hawkeyes took an early 8-0 lead against the Rutgers and then never trailed in this game. Rutgers did pull within five in the first half, but Iowa led at 42-30 at the break, and the second half was just nerve-wracking at times. Iowa couldn't buy a two-point basket. Uh, Tony Perkins had three offensive rebounds where he went right back up to put the ball in the hoop and missed on all three of those shots after his offensive rebounds, I would just couldn't hit twos, but luckily they, they kept the lead by hitting some threes, making free throws. And I mean, probably the biggest frustration for me in this game were the turnovers, just head scratching turnovers. The Bowen, the true freshman, he had a couple in the first half, one where he was receiving a pass, just bounced off his hands. Um, uh, and then another time where he was dribbling, and the guy just took his the defender just took the ball away from him, and Eulis had a few rough looking turnovers as well, just not what we're used to seeing for Iowa point guards. and you know maybe that's one of the big things that Jordan Bohannon brought to that Iowa offense, along with shooting shooting threes you know that we didn't think about as much or didn't appreciate maybe as much as taking care of the basketball getting the ball down the court, not turning it over. There was one late where Eulis had, I mean, he really could have just dribbled out 20 more seconds off the clock or 15 seconds, 10, whatever, before he got fouled. Or just take it under control and get it to Murray for the layup. But he just whipped it right past his ear and out of bounds. And you're just shaking your head, just wanting the Hawkeyes to hang on to that game. But the Hawkeyes, took an 18-point lead with over 15 minutes left in this game on a Murray three-pointer, and then things got really shaky after that. Just nerve-wracking. Rutgers went on a 12-point run, and they reduced the Iowa lead to five points, 55-50. to 50. And then Peyton Sanford drilled a three to end the run, put the Hawkeyes up eight. And Rutgers was scoring about every time down the court now, Sanford made another three to go up 11. Rutgers hit a three. Sanford hit a three again to go up 11. Just He was making just huge shots out there. He also had a, a nice two-point basket. I think it was the first two-point basket of the game. And I think the Hawkeyes, I, I believe, I don't know, but I think the Hawkeyes only had two two-point baskets in the second half. Chris Murray had a layup late. Sanford had the jumper. In the lane, and those are the only two I recall at least, but the Hawkeyes held on to win seventy-six to sixty-five. And you know, keep in mind Rutgers is one of the best defensive teams in the nation. They're giving up just fifty-four points per game. And the Hawkeyes scored twenty two points more than that in this game. Well, the Hawkeyes shot forty four percent for the game. And that fell off quite a bit in the second half. I don't know what the Hawkeyes' shooting percentage was in the first game, but but they struggled a bit in the second half. Other than Peyton Sanford just hitting daggers, Chris Murray hitting a couple of threes, Aaron Eulis getting a three, Connor McCaffrey a late three, so those those were fun to watch. But Iowa was twelve of twenty-seven from three-point range, forty-four percent. That is just outstanding. And rebounding was close. Iowa won that battle 38-36. to The Hawkeye with 17 assists, but 15 turnovers in this game. That's a good five or six more turnovers than Fran would like to see in a game. But the Hawkeyes get a huge road win. Iowa is now 2-3 and three in the Big Ten after winning two in a row. Rutgers drops to 3-2. and two. The player of the game in my book was Peyton Sanford. In 22 minutes off the bench, he scored 22 points. He was 4 of 5 from long range. Overall, he shot 6 of 8 from the field. Great to see his shot falling again and the confidence he had out there today. That's that's the Peyton Sanford we were expecting to see this season. Not much bench time in this game other than Sanford. Bowen with 4 minutes off the bench. Dix with 2. Kingsbury, 3 minutes off the bench. Chris Murray. Just another phenomenal game. Seven of eleven shooting, seventeen points, seven rebounds. I thought the hot guys needed to to design a few more plays to get him the ball more. That was the one thing. Although there were times where he passed the ball when I thought he should have been taken, taken the, the the ball to the bucket. But he does like to to share the basketball and and get assists and and play team ball as well. But Filiprovbracha, you know, he is just I've mentioned this. Quite often, but he continues to play well. He had 16 points, 12 rebounds. He had a bit of trouble finishing in the lane in the second half. Rutgers was getting really physical with him. But he just gives it his all. And he has improved so much from last year. He played all 40 minutes of this game. Does a nice job passing from the post as well. He's an all-out effort guy. Coming into the season, I thought he could be a, a 10 points. 8-rebound guy. I think he's averaging about 14 points right now in the last several games. Maybe the last 7 games or so. I think he's he's averaging close to about 19 points per game or so. Really just appreciate what he's done out there and the effort that he gives every time out. And playing 40 minutes, he had to be gassed after that one. But Tony Perkins just really struggled again in this game. He's been really kind of up and down this year, struggling, you know, shooting the ball a bit. He was 2 of ten, five points, 7 rebounds. He's really sneaky good at getting offensive rebounds with those long arms. Just seems to be tentative shooting the ball right now, almost like he's aiming the ball. When he gets in the air, he's really aiming the ball instead of just kind of playing like he always has and going with the flow. Uless, only 2 of 8 shooting, but those two makes were big threes. And he also had eight assists. Again, you know, I mentioned he's just a seems to be a little bit loosey-goosey with the ball at times, um, turning it over a little bit too much. Connor McCaffrey, with a couple of threes made, he took a bad blow to the head late in the game. He didn't see a pick. Uh, ran right into the guy. A little miscommunication, or I guess lack of communication there, to let him know that the pick was coming. He went down on the floor and looked a little bit woozy, so hopefully he'll be ready to go for Thursday's game against Michigan. And that game is a 6 p.m. game at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Michigan is 9-6 after losing to Michigan State, 59-53 on Saturday. Kind of an up-and-down season for Michigan. They had a two-point loss to Central Michigan. That's their most glaring loss on the season, but also lost to Arizona State by 25. Um, Played Virginia well, but lost by two. Lost to Kentucky by four. But they have a 3-1 and one record in the conference so far. Just blowout wins over Maryland and Minnesota. I think this is a winnable game for Iowa. But can they keep Hunter Dickinson in check? You know, will Big Jelly or Riley Mulvey be able to play some effective minutes, give Rebracha some time to rest? I don't know if he can bang for 40 minutes with the big 7-footer from Michigan, Hunter Dickinson. Well, some great football news in the portal. The men's basketball team is turning it on. The women with a big win. The wrestling team was running it up on Purdue last I saw on the Big Ten Network. And we're getting ready for some NFL playoffs. So pretty fun time of year. And, you know, if you saw at halftime, there was a preview for the special that's being released on January 18th, 10 o'clock. Central Time on the Big Ten Network. It's a new Chris Street special. I guess it's the 30th anniversary of his death. And that will be something else to watch. So set your DVR. Put a reminder on your phone so you don't miss it. January 18th, 10 p.m. Central Time. Chris Street special. Bring a box of Kleenexes. The eyes will be a little bit leaky watching that special, I'm sure. So, hey, thanks for, for listening, everybody. You know, I'm pretty pumped with the two basketball wins this week. The men's team is back in the hunt for an NCAA berth. A lot of work left to do there, but 0-3 seemed really bad. 2-3, things are starting to seem a little bit up. Man, if they can get to 500 with a win over Michigan this week, that would be huge. Well, until next time, go Hawks!